Hey. What? Oh, no, 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 we're just sitting in awkward silence. You guys are idiots, but you're my idiots. Let's go, Altman's. Welcome back to the Bean Dub Podcast, where our lives are falling apart, but we insist on laughing through the pain. My name is Seth, and with me, as always, is... Laura. And... Brucey Bruce and the Chunky Bunch. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the best one I got. <laughs> that's the only positive one. Yeah. <laughs> I did check my sound bites real quick. It's a good one. Brucey Bruce and the Chunky Bunch. Would, I be con- would, would we all be considered part of the Chunky, chunky Bunch? Sure. Sure, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't know... <laughs> On this podcast, we follow a specific director, writer, actor, producer for an entire month, and we look at the works of their entire filmography. Usually not the entire filmography. That doesn't usually work that well. But this month, we're doing Sean Levy. He is a director, writer, producer. He's done it all. We're looking at the movies that he's directed this month, and today we are checking out uh, the only R-rated movie in his filmography, which is called... This is where I leave you, which is very different than what I was expecting going in. And we will get into that. But first, how is everybody's life been lately? Y'all Not bad. Been, y'all been good? Not bad. Yeah, I started kind of diving into the world of... Maybe not obscure, but not widely known food facts. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, did you know that Caesar salad was actually invented in Tijuana, Mexico in the 1920s? It wasn't invented by Caesar? No. It was not invented as a tribute to Caesar like it was more popularly known for a long time. Why was it called the Caesar salad? Because the guy who invented its first name was Caesar. That that makes a lot of sense. Caesar Cardini. Hmm. According to... Well, thank Legend. you, thank you, Caesar Cardini, for making my favorite salad. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly from like leftover ingredients that some customer was like, "Come up with something new." And no, fuck off. There it is. Those are great ingredients. I'm just saying that those were the supposed Anchovies? leftover ingredients. No, that's that's not Caesar. Techni- technically, Caesar technically, that was not the original Caesar dressing. Also widely contested, apparently, since I dove into it a little bit too much, I think. Apparently, it was his brother that added anchovies into it and then renamed it the Aviator Hmm. Salad Dressing. It's just a salad consisting of multiple lettuces. Lettuces. Lettuce-i. Caesar Dressing. uh, Chicken. Cruttons. Cruttons. Good old Cruttons. Some parmesans. Yep. Is that about it? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty simple. There you go. It's my favorite. Yeah. I love yeah, but that the, shit. But the Caesar dressing nowadays has anchovies in it. Yes. A true Caesar does. Well, fuck that shit. Anchovies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who wants some salty-ass fish in their goddamn salad? You don't taste the fish. It's basically just salt that yeah. adds to it. Mm-hmm. I don't need... Pretty I, much. Like, but it has parmesan in it. Mm-hmm. That has plenty of salt in it. Yeah, well, and then, if the chicken is well seasoned, then, then think of it as that new flavor profile umami. No, fuck your. Even though it's not really new anymore, but yeah. Fuck <laughs> your goddamn. 
I'm just saying. Fish-sized salt slabs. I don't need that shit in my fucking Shitty anchovies salads. are bad. Good anchovies are actually very good and are not just like salt bombs. I don't know. I, I haven't had anchovies in a very long time. I think the only time I've ever had it was on pizza. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why and it gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. That's why it gets a bad rap. Yeah. And that's bad. Yeah. I'm allergic to most fish right now. I haven't tested it. I also haven't gone to the doctor to figure out if I was still allergic to it or not. But yeah, my allergies vary. Probably not a good idea. I to consistently just... have it. I'm not just going to <laughs> shovel some fucking anchovies in my <laughs> right. mouth so right. that I, just I can try. have anaphylactic shock and no epinephrine to <laughs> solve the issue. I'll just stay away from fish for now. Probably for the best. It says allergies. <laughs> most allergies go away within like seven years. That's, <gasps> that's how long it takes for all your like DNA to apparently uh, shift. Yeah. Become new. Up until this point in my life, as far as I know, I'm not allergic to anything. So I'm just waiting for the day where it's like, uh, you're allergic to everything. Fuck you. Yeah. I don't want that to happen, but <laughs> I feel like it's going to at some point. Yeah, or at least coming. something that's like in a lot of food. Your day is coming, motherfucker. Yeah, like, boom, you're now <laughs> magically allergic to soy, which is in, like, fucking everything. Oh, there's that tick that makes you allergic <sighs> to uh, red meat. And what is the Lone Star tick? And some of them have... Some of them have this specific, like, enzyme of a virus in them. Oh, my God. That as soon as they infect you, you become allergic to red meat. Wow. That's what so an ironically named... Tick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then guess what? No more fucking beef. No more burgers. No more steak. No Ever? lamb. Ever. What? You're allergic. You're violently allergic to it. You get sick if you eat it. Wow. So well, there's that. Don't get bitten by a Lone Star tick. Yeah. Fuck that. Laura, how's your week been? Pretty boring. Pretty boring. How's <laughs> the Batman? It's slow again. <sighs> yeah. Dropped off. Like a rock. Good. I'm going to go watch X and the Batman same day. It's going to take up my entire fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Batman alone is 310. Yeah. That's the main objection that I hear from a lot of people that have reviewed it. it. It's yeah. just like, it's too long. I don't like how long it is. Yeah. You, have yeah, you were able to watch all of the Christopher Nolan movies. You just have fine, a 30 huh? second attention span. I'm yeah. sorry that three hours is too long for you. Yeah. I've gotten like both ends of that though. Some people say it doesn't feel that long at all, and then other people are like, "Yeah, it felt long." So I think it just depends on yeah. how much yeah. you like the movie. I think it depends on what your expectations are. If you're going in expecting it to be a Christopher Nolan movie, you're probably going to be disappointed because it's not that. It's a we completely different Batman. It. No, but I know what they're going for, and they're going for like the comic book, like Detective Batman, the best detective in the world. Yeah. And it's a very gritty, realistic... I mean, Christopher Nolan's were the same way, but they were very action-based. And, yeah. like, yeah. a whole lot of, like, exquisite scenery. And yeah, I do want to watch the Batman in theaters. It's going to happen. It's just really got to be the most appropriate time to do it. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be, like, pretty early in, like, a Sunday. So everybody's life has been uh, about the same. Roughly. No more crazy cheese nightmares no i've i've done my best to avoid that (laughs) (laughs) i worked out four days laura worked out three i worked out none 
We'll get there one day, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Well, not much is going on in my life, as usual, other than being totally fucking bodied by allergies. Welcome to California. <laughs> they didn't keep me from getting bodied in any place that I've lived before. <laughs> allergies around springtime yeah. is just the worst fucking time for me. Allergies suck, people. I'm one of those uh, fucking blood sacks that have a shit ton of sensitivity to pollen, dust, uh, sun. <laughs> sun? Oh, God. Fish? Let me just name everything that I can't fucking do. <laughs> Strawberries, peanuts, soy, gluten. He can have all those. Yeah, okay. Just uh, you're, you're just yeah. making it sound better for me. You're, yeah, you're, as far you're, as you're <laughs> not as weak as you think. You are. Food allergies, he only has fish. Thankfully, food allergies is only fish. But I'm, I'm allergic to a lot of shit. Well, other than my excuse for my potentially nasally voice, it's another week of sets audiobooks. Audiobook. I feel a woozy air. I, oh boy. I listen to This Is Where I Leave You. <laughs> oh, man. This is a whopper of a week, then. Yeah. Shit. And I really appreciated this listen. And throughout this podcast, I'll be bringing up the similarities. Sl- <laughs> I'll be bringing Hell up yeah. the similarities and the differences between the two. But I also want to say... This book is categorized as some sort of drama comedy or a dark comedy, but I found this book really hard to get through, and that's on subject matter alone. You know, the the lines read were so much more serious, and the comedy in the movie, even when taken word for word, is a lot more funny, just because of the way it's read by the actors. Because they do yeah, take they yeah. do take a lot of lines that are line for line from the book into the movie, and it's a lot funnier on screen. Just because it's said by like uh, Jason Bateman yeah, or like seasoned professionals. Yeah, yeah, and and they're doing their best to make it like a comedy performance. Yeah, it's a book about flawed family dealing with grief during tough circumstances. And I don't assume that that's the best time to make jokes during, like, a time of grief, during tough circumstances. It's not the best time, but it's kind of necessary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do know, because he's. I've watched a few interviews with Sean Levy. I had to figure out a few questions I had, which I'll, I'll bring up later, about Sean Levy himself. But Sean Levy said that he finds that the best time to make jokes... Specifically, the best comedy comes from darkness and uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can understand for the most part. I like more of like the just off kiltered like bizarre humor of like, you know, like Conan O'Brien or something that's not based on real life. If you're making jokes out of something that really happened, it's really hard to get everybody to agree with it. And yeah, and that's I, fair. I know but, that uh, I know that comedy is a way that a lot of people deal with certain situations, yep. like grief yep. and depression. Mm-hmm. 
well, I've been talking about the similarities between the book and the movie, and I'll be bringing it up throughout the entire podcast. So since we're already there, how do you guys feel about the movie? Did you like the movie? I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, it ooh started off pretty pretty fucked, <laughs> <laughs> but I I expected it to get way better than it did. Not having done any research or having any prior knowledge on the movie, based on the title, I kind of could guess the basic premise or at least something along the lines of it, did not expect it to go in as many directions as it did, like as many aspects of the family's life as it did, but right. overall, it was still really good. Did you like the movie? Yeah, it's really good. All right, well, at least we can get into spoiler territory of this movie. I yeah. Think we, we all generally liked it. Oh, yeah. So let's all admit that the best character in this movie was Cole. The kid. <sighs> The boss ass kid. Yeah. <laughs> Taking that little uh little potty training seat anywhere, mostly outside. Shitting wherever he felt like shitting. Right in front of the neighborhood, just sitting yep. down taking a shit. Yep. Straight up fucking alpha move right there. <laughs> I'll shit wherever I damn well please. Fuck you. And I wanna say oh. that this is gonna be a, a lot different of a format than we've done for a lot of the other podcasts yeah. i didn't do like a directly following along the storyline of this one because i have a lot to say about both the book and the movie and i thought we could just hit on like the, some of the main plot points yeah but i just wanted to say cole in the movies is fucking <laughs> adorable and he's just yeah Taking his potty training potty outside <laughs> during the most inappropriate moments and just taking a shit right in front of people. By far the highest comic relief out of like the darkest <laughs> moments. Holy shit. Well, yeah, well, we could just say like during one of those moments, Judd is being told by his ex wife, who he's trying to divorce for infidelity, With that his boss. With his boss that she is pregnant with his child. And he doesn't know how to take the information. He's left there alone because she takes off. And Cole comes right the <laughs> fuck out. Sits down on his potty training potty. And oh. takes a shit right in front of Judd. But he not only... While he's processing... Yeah, he not only did that. <laughs> I swear, this kid had like some freakish intuition. He had this look that was just like, well, what are you going to do? Just pop the fucking seat down, sat down. Well, what are you what gonna do? What the fuck are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And just moved on. Should have known this hell. kid was a boss from earlier when he just took it right out the front door. Yeah, shit, right in front of the neighborhood, middle of the front porch, <laughs> staring at the street. Seven thirty, eight o'clock when everybody's <sighs> waking up, going out and grabbing the fucking newspaper. This fucking yes. kid. Yeah, this kid is taking a shit on the front porch. Gangster. Best character. By fuck. far. Yeah. And that's only to say that everybody else is pretty much a piece of shit, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Great cast. Yeah. Garbage. Great cast. Playing Garbage. Terrible people. <laughs> uh, let's hit on the main character, Judd. In the movie, it's uh, yeah. Judd Altman. In the book, it's Judd Foxman. Everybody in the book's last name is Foxman. I don't know why they changed it to Altman in the, oh. in the movie. Whatever. Jason Bateman... As much as I love him, didn't 
really convey the deeper emotions that Judd expressed in the books or in the single book singular because in the book it's completely narrated by him so you hear every single thought that he has everything Uh. that he goes through as the character he has a series of bad dreams it's a specific thing because it's like a few months after his breakup with his ex-wife okay he's living in the basement of some like asian couple's house Hmm. he's like renting out a basement area he's living a fucking shitty life down there he has like three outfits that he wears and he never gets them cleaned and he's just like living the shittiest (laughs) fucking life god they didn't do it in the movie but in the book his entire family already knew about what happened in the movie it had to be something he eventually had to face brought up yeah because Wendy would leave him the fuck alone about it. Judd is a really complicated character, but he's ultimately really fucking selfish. That comes out a lot more in the book. Because he was a very lovable character in the movie. Right. And this this dude was really fucking flawed in the book. He was severely flawed. He was really selfish. He didn't understand when his marriage was going under and his <sighs> wife started cheating on him a year before he fucking realized it. Yeah. She she started sleeping with his boss a year before he before he walked in on them. On her birthday. So it started on her birthday the year before. <sighs> Around that time, yeah. It may not be an exact huh. year. But she said it, it was Still. going on for a year. Yeah. Uh, Dax Shepard's character, the boss, is a total fucking douchebag. Oh, God. Makes me wonder, when the fuck has Dax Shepard not played a fucking asshole? He plays the character really well, I guess, but... Uh, idiocracy. <laughs> what? He wasn't a douchebag, he was just an He's just really imbecile. dumb. <laughs> He's just a complete exactly fucking what I said about imbecile. Chips. Not yeah. a douchebag, yeah, but an idiot. Not a douchebag, but yeah. a really dumb I think that's idiot. like oh, the two chips, roles so. he can play. Yeah, I didn't see Chips either. Douchebag or idiot. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What about, um, <laughs> I don't remember his character in Without a Paddle. He was in that. He was an asshole in that, An too. asshole, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the most redeeming characters in Without a Paddle was Matthew Lillard Obviously. and, and yeah. Seth Green. Yeah. They were both great characters. Yeah. Seth Green was kind of a pussy. Yeah. Matthew Lillard was the best character in the movie. Obviously. I don't remember Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard was a dickhead. Okay. Makes sense why I don't remember. <laughs> he was a perfect character to play that character, but I don't know. The, the book was really hard for me to get through, specifically because there's several issues in the book that he has to deal, that Judd has to deal with as the main character. Mm-hmm. That's very personal to me. Unfortunately, a lot of people have to deal with infidelity at some point in their life. I'm fair. not excluded from that situation. So it was really hard for me to get through this situation because he went into depth in the book about all of his feelings about it. Every single thought that you have when you go through that kind of situation yeah. It was just a reminder of, you know, going through those motions. And I don't think it was very well conveyed in the movie. I kind of feel like Jason Bateman's character had no connection to the wife, really. He was like a little heartbroken at the start. Then it was just nothing from there. In the book, yeah, he consistently talks about 
their history, how much he loves her, the way that she smiles, the way she laughs. It talked about how she had a limp from a child because her one of her legs didn't grow properly and she had to wear an extra heel on one of her shoes and she oh, wow. went and that's why she like rode a bike across campus and that's how they met. There was a whole backstory that you didn't get to see in the movie between them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. And there was a lot of love there that ultimately got crushed because of a miscarriage that happened later in their relationship. Yeah. And he shut down and said, you know what, we have another chance. And that's while she's trying to grieve the baby that she just fucking miscarried. (sighs) And he's just trying to move on from it, acting like it's just a thing. We can get on from it, like it, like not legitimizing the baby as an actual child that was potentially yeah, theirs. Yeah. So obviously, like any book transcribed into a movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's a it's, lot of backstory and a lot of deeper and, details. And I don't think the movie did a bad job. I think the movie is very good for what you're going in for. I think the movie was a lot funnier. It was a lot more lighthearted. It had a not lighthearted. Not lighthearted, but it was really funny. It lighter. had a lot more fun. It was lighter than the book was, but it had a lot of heart. I think that's something that Sean Levy does really well. Yeah. Is that he puts a lot of heart into the movies. Yeah. Because that's what I've noticed from Real Steel, from The Adam Project, mm-hmm. from This Is Where I Leave You, from all the movies that I watched before, even uh, the Night at the Museum movies. They have heart. Yeah. They always have, like, a emotional point, like, a emotional climax in the movie that just yeah. always breaks your heart. And, I mean, I think Laura cried every single breaks movie Breaks your heart, beats you month. down, and then brings you back up, yeah. We've already established that I'm a big fat baby. <laughs> One of the differences that I wanted to bring up for the book... That Can wasn't... I just say really quick before we move on to the next... I think from the perspective of only having seen the movie and not knowing anything about the book and that part you just told me about Quinn, the wife's character, different name in the book, obviously. Um, But I think the reason that they probably would have chose to leave that out was because they really wanted the focus to be on more of the family side, not so much on the relationship side. And they wanted to make Judd a more likable character and focusing on giving you enough to care that much about the wife it would have kind of like disconnected you from him from the when we discuss more of like the what they cut out from the movie later on we're gonna understand more of that like judd in the movie is supposed to be a likable relatable character he's supposed to be the moral grounding pretty much of the movie if you did it the way that it's done in the book he's not that likable of a character it's all about him the character arc that he takes and the development that he goes through and that eventually he understands he's going to be a father and he gets over the fact that you know his wife had an affair and his father died and all of this shit is happening to him within such a short amount of time that he's not yeah. able to really process much of any of it. So he's consistently just trying to yeah. avoid all of it. Makes sense. Because it's the person that he is. And he's selfish and he's yeah. really just thinking about himself. He doesn't care what his dad had gone through up to that point. 
he cares about what his dad did to him up to that point. He cares about what his wife did to him up to that point. He doesn't care what okay, she's yeah. going through. He doesn't understand. I think they address that a little bit in the movie, but not entirely. Not like they did in the book. It's really a mm. character study of Judd Altman or Judd Foxman in the book. Yeah. You know, he's a flawed character. He does some fucked up shit that he <sighs> obviously regrets and ultimately wants to improve on, which is the most familiar character trait that anybody can relate to nobody is fucking perfect yeah yeah well that's why i would say that the book is more realistic and yeah like yeah you're not gonna go in just like automatically thinking yeah nobody's going to grieve perfectly what does that even mean you're all going you're always going to grieve in the way that you can at the time if you're not completely open and you can't just let it all go. You're going to internalize a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the way that you're raised, which is also brought up in the book. Because mm-hmm. he was raised by a tough father who showed very little emotion. And and his therapist. mother, his mother, who's a therapist, <laughs> and shows way too much emotion. Oh. And no filter. And it completely Jesus. made all of the kids just cut their emotions off entirely. Yeah. Because it protected them from both sides. Yeah. God, that's a combo right there. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. I think that's where you see the biggest separation between a book and a movie because, like you said, the, you know, it's written from his perspective and everything. It's narrated by him. You hear every thought. You can't really put that into a movie, right? So. I think yeah, it's condensing ten hours into two. Yeah, but not only that, it's it's condensing it into real life. Like when you read a book, yeah, you get that like inner monologue and all of that. But you would well, never, that's what happens. But you in would never, though. Yeah, but you would never get that from yeah. a real interaction with that person. No, you wouldn't. You would get. Yeah, it's, the, the, it's you like would get an the overlook. Jason Bateman. Ver- you know, Jason what I mean? Bateman wasn't narrating the movie. Sure, right, right. It's not a character study on him. It's an entire family overlook. But that's the thing is, like the perception that you got of him from the book, where you can hear every thought and everything, like about it, where he is extremely selfish from everyone else's perspective. That person who was seemed to be demonstrated fairly well by Jason Bateman uh, in the movie was seen as like the the guy who had it all together and who didn't like things complicated and who yeah you know you know that and and I think that that's kind of maybe the bigger point of the movie is that the people that you yeah is it, think well, it's the are, base are it's the base plot perfect are, are just as fucked up as everyone else yeah you know they're just better at hiding it. You can't always live by routine. I think that's basically what it says. It's like nobody is perfect. Yeah. Everybody's going to run into obstacles, and that's yeah. okay. Even the best people have, you know, significant others that are going to cheat on them because of their ignorance in the relationship. Even before that, you know, the relationship might just fall apart. There's a lot of ignorance that goes into it. If you don't understand what's going on, if there's not communication, and that's ultimately 
the issue that went wrong in the book is that yeah. there was no communication between them. And they very lightly touched on that in the movie. Yeah. Too. They did try to approach all the issues in the movie as best as they could with the <laughs> amount of time that they had yeah. while yeah. making it like a dramedy and mostly comedy. Mm -hmm. It has its really effective moments, which yeah just dark. makes it all the more endearing but dark and mm -hmm. what the fuck <laughs> yeah but before we go even deeper into any more of the subject matter i wanted to say one of my favorite differences is the occurrence where judd finds his wife and his boss having sex in his bedroom okay because in the book when encountering his wife fucking his boss judd takes the cake with lit candles and tries his best to shove the cake up his boss's ass mid-coitus. <laughs> God, and, that would have been so much better. And apparently he was using some sort of flammable lubricant. Uh, oh, so attempted murder. So his, <laughs> so his boss's oh, dick shit. and balls caught fire. Oh. After trying to shove a cake up his ass and oh. his boss, oh, while man. having some random spongy icing thing shoved into his butthole <laughs> with candles on it, and the surprise of that, because oh. he didn't realize he was there, he rammed his head into, it's Jen in the book, but it's Quinn in the movie, he rammed his head into Jen's face, broke her nose... Oh, and shit. fell off the bed and his dick was on fire <laughs> because he was using oh. some kind of lubricant that was flammable. I don't know of any lubricants that are flammable, but... Hand sanitizer? That would be a horrible lubricant. <laughs> yeah, of course it would, but what else would be that flammable? Though there's like oil-based <laughs> lubricants yeah. and water-based water obviously wouldn't be flammable. But even with oil-based, you would have to heat it up well beyond what... I don't know that could produce. I don't know if the author did a whole lot of study into possible lubricants that could I mean, be. Sure. He well, wh why he would specifically you? said that it was like some some lubricant that was still in like testing phase because he gets like sponsorships on the radio and stuff and like. Uh, he gets to okay. Test, like, okay. Mm, okay. That doesn't yeah. make sense. There we go. Good old fire Whole cock. fucking dick and balls caught on fire. If you've ever been cheated on, it's exactly what goes through your head, and it's fucking brutal. Yeah. And it's very much what anybody would like to do, but <laughs> he also thinks about, uh, throughout the book, different ways that he would like to murder him. Oh, like so would like, way darker than the movie was in that yeah, respect. Makes sense. He, about how he'd like to gouge his eyeballs out. Yeah. Or, you know. The things you think about with people that are fucking your wife. Yeah, just... yeah but again, not the, like, stuff that, like, anyone's going to hear. Or yeah. About. It's all yeah, internal it's, it's monologue. All internal monologue. Yeah. 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 Oof. But ultimately, very funny. The mother really brought up something interesting. I don't know if she said it in the movie, but she said in the book that it was, like, it's sex... And that's all it is. She's not in love with the dude. She's covering something, some kind of pain that she had. And ultimately, it led mm -hmm. up to the fact that while she was grieving for her child that just died in her stomach, mm -hmm. in her uterus, yeah. her husband 
wasn't being supportive. Supportive. And she he wasn't like comforting her. He wasn't being He wasn't even touching her. He wasn't like connecting with her on any level on that. He was just like we can try again as soon as it's potentially available. Oh, so he went pure pragmatism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the right thing to do in that situation, but yeah, and she was grieving a dead child, and and yeah, she found a connection with someone other than her husband at that time, and all she was craving was connection. Yeah, I don't and, um, remember that coming up in the movie. It didn't come up. <laughs> no, that part didn't come up in the movie, yeah. but yeah, there was a lot more between Judd and Jen in the book, and Judd and Quinn in the movie. Obviously. Yeah, it makes it a lot more understandable. And then his mom tells him, like, it's sex. It's like one tree in a forest of trees of, like, emotions that you feel for someone. And it's just sex with one other person. But then Judd says that's a pretty big fucking tree. (sighs) Yeah. And you start start a fire on that one tree, kind of, without effort, leads to all the others. So it really just depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I thought it was interesting to see a perspective from someone who's looking to not cheat, but just looking for comfort in someone else. And I feel like I could understand that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely understand that. But I mean, she kind of It's also something that, that you should try a lot harder to use with conversation with the person that you're in a relationship <sighs> yeah. with before you start doing that kind of shit. It has to be completely hopeless if you're going to do that. And at that point, you should be divorcing them or yeah. like leaving them if you're not married. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It should be your last option. If you're going behind someone's back and cheating on them, it's... Yeah. yeah. That makes you a horrible human being, no matter who the person is that you're cheating on. You need to fucking talk to that person. You need to tell them that you're losing interest. You need to tell them that they need to comfort you. Which sometimes that person's that person's not going to be feeling they're not going to be on the same page as you. They're a different person entirely. Yeah. They will gather information differently than you, then and they will, you know, deal with it differently. Yeah. Which this may get a little flack, but if you've gone to those lengths and tried to have that open discussion, that open line of communication, and nothing comes of it, if that other person cheats, do they still consider it cheating? That That's a whole different subject, I feel like. I think a clear divide should be made before any kind of connection with anybody else is made. Regardless of where you are in the relationship, unless one side is very abusive and you find no way out you know you would have to like find comfort in someone else and a home with someone else before you could even leave this person i could understand that circumstance yeah no problem i get that but otherwise you need to find that divide yeah and you need to express that because you know, if you're planning on leaving this person and you start cheating on them before you say that, that's going to be implicated against you regardless. That can be used against you when you're trying to divorce them because you're yeah, still in a relationship. Yeah. Just on a legal proceeding alone, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. On a moral standard as well, just make it clear you're no longer in love and you want to leave this person. Yeah. 
and then do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, you made it very clear. Yeah, and I guess the point that I was more of a counterpoint, I guess, is that some people, even in that exact scenario, would still say that that person that you're saying you can go do whatever the fuck you want after you've exhausted all of your options, some people would still say, oh, yep, that's still cheating. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, there, there's always going to be a counterpoint to any point. Honestly, at a time earlier in my life, I probably would have said the same thing. Yeah. So you're still technically in a relationship. I think it depends on the person, but, where they are in their life, and what their beliefs are, whether you, it's religious or not. But those people never see the other side. <clears throat> and you need to understand it from both sides. And most people don't see the other side. Exactly. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. the problem. People aren't yeah. seeing it from both sides. And There's struggle on both sides. As much as I try to be as fair as possible and try to see the other side of a situation, there's definitely times where mm, I don't see the other side. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. I, I, <laughs> I say that all the time. Yeah. It's <gasps> it's an unfortunate flaw yeah. in being a, a human being. but em- Emotion. Yeah, having emotion. <laughs> emotion, yeah. And, and more often than anything, you need to be right. That's that's how being a fucking person is. I think that was like the deepest that I really wanted to get into this. And that's why we weren't going to uh, do a play-by-play of the scenes. Yeah. But we're having good conversation, that's the point. Yeah. Anyway, flammable lubricant. <laughs> the burning bush. I'm feeling woozy, yeah! You probably should if your dick's on fire. <laughs> we watched the movie a few days ago. I was listening to the audiobook all week. Like I said, it's like over 10 hours long. Shit, yeah. So it's a, a week-long workbook to listen to. It's another one of those awkward circumstances where it gets way too detailed about the sexual moments in the book. And then oh, I get Jesus. to be yeah, fucking checking fucking... <sighs> Mouse traps and pheromones while listening. While Jane Fonda's enormous yabos are on fucking screen. What the <laughs> fuck was that? Shit. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. You'll know what we're talking about on that. Yes. One. We'll Good get into that as well. Fucking God. Uh, on that point, the mother in the book said oh. she she said near the end of the book because it happened. It, I heard it today. She said that she wanted to look like Jane Fonda while she was working out to a video. Well, <laughs> and then the mother was played by Jane Fonda in the movie. Good job awesome. casting. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Good job casting. That's a nice little uh, tip of the cap there. There was a moment in the commentary where Sean Levy said that Adam Driver apparently loves the process of making movies but never watches the parts that he's in. So he's one of those... <laughs> I'm not an actor, like, so I don't I don't know how to feel. I feel about like that. an actor who doesn't want to watch the movies that he's in is just so full he of himself. He doesn't watch the parts that he's in. That's what you said. Why not? Okay, so he just really hates himself or he's just Maybe. It's like I've, anytime I feel he looks like, at his performance, he's like, I could have done that better. Well Yeah, I feel like it it's either you're so full of yourself that you don't need to watch it because you know it's so good, or you're gonna be hypercritical on yeah. yourself yeah. and you don't want to really do that i mean isn't that yeah. kind of what a director is for yeah which is why i hate yeah. taking pictures and i hate videos all right let's talk about jane fonda's tits 
Good God. <laughs> I don't know if that was something she actually had done or whether that no. was a prosthesis. Okay, well, here, it based was... on the commentary, Jane Uh-oh. Fonda was wearing prosthetic breasts yeah. for the movie to make her yabos really pop. Yeah. The, 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 scene, the scene that gave it away the most for me was like God, towards the, the end of the comment no not the rope part the the commentary where she really (laughs) she like came down the stairs and then walked across the hallway and i could just see it they just the the side view of them 100 percent fake Uh, i could tell like Like, those are but not like fake solid plastic yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what fucking hell yeah Mm. well also while on set she was so excited about her fake tit chest plate <laughs> that she was flashing passing cars outside house outside the house between cuts. Okay, so now knowing that they're fake, I don't remember ever seeing if there was nipple at all. No. Nah, so if she was Sean flashing, said that, was it just no? Round Sean, bulbous, Sean no Levy said they were very detailed prosthetic breasts. Fair even enough. down to the nipples. Fair wow. enough. So even though they didn't show them in the movie, they were very <laughs> realistic looking tits. Nice. And she was flashing them to anybody oh. driving by. Gotta gotta give it to him for attention to detail in the uh, art department <laughs> there. Shit. That's like game designers. If they were, if they were gonna put the... that much detail into yeah. it, why not, why not actually show them then? They like. <laughs> I don't know. Authenticity, I guess. It's also Sean Levy's first R-rated movie. Okay. Here's an interesting tidbit. In the book, bid Judd... Tit. Huh? Huh? Did bit? Bid tit. Tidbit. Bid, bid tit. Here's an interesting little bid tit. Yabo. <laughs> in, in the book, Judd really does succumb to the advances of Annie, or Alice, mm-hmm. his sister-in-law when she was jealous and wanted to get pregnant. It's almost a female-on-male rape scene in the book because regardless of his morals and rejection to the situation, his manhood betrays him. Mm-hmm. And at that Yikes. point in the story, he had no human connection sexually for months. And he indeed finishes oh. within seconds inside his stepsister. Wow. That's not a stepsister. Sister-in-law. It's not the same thing. (laughs) What are you doing, stepsister? (laughs) What are you doing, sister-in-law? God. Whatever. Ew. I mean, it was his ex. Yeah, though it was touched on that before his brother and she got together, they were a bit of a thing, thing. right? Yeah. Yeah. For like nine months. (sighs) Still, though... When they were kids. That's weird. It is weird, but they were like kids. Well, she explained in the book that it was like, it's the perfect plan because a baby that you make is going to look like one that your brother made. It's going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Nope. None of them looked anything alike. Nope. None of them. Nope. Well, that's because none of them were actually related because it was a cast. Derp. I yeah, don't I think they right. looked. I don't think they looked unbelievable <clears throat> as siblings. No, but they didn't look closely related. Mm-hmm. Though, to be fair with that, my sister and I don't look closely related, but we're we're still blood. Yeah, I know some families that don't look very closely related. My brother and I look almost 
exact, so. Yeah, you guys are very, <laughs> very similar. Another nice little bid tit is Judd doesn't really end up with Penny definitively at the end of the book. They had a pact since they were young and had their little crush side project that once they were both 40 and one of those were still single, that they would spend the rest of their days together as though it was meant to be. Well, at the end of the story, Penny tells him in five years, if they haven't figured it out, it's the two of them forever. It wasn't left off the way that it did in the movie, where it was pretty much definitive that they would continue yeah. their relationship together. Yeah, in like he six was months. he was going to take his little like six month hiatus to do his own thing, and then he would f- father the child without relationship. What's her bitch face? What's, Jen. What's her bitch when, face? Yeah. Sluter. Well, in the book, it made it seem more like he was leaning towards rebuilding his relationship with his ex-wife. I mean, they didn't divorce at that point, so yeah. his current they wife. They were just separated. Yeah. That he was going to rebuild the relationship, which is really difficult to do after infidelity. Usually doesn't work. Yeah, not very well, if at all. There's a lot of relationships that I wanted to hit on before we finish this up. The relationship between Hori and Wendy and Barry. Wendy and Barry are married. Barry's a douchebag who's always on his phone. He's annoying, and Wendy doesn't really seem that invested in the relationship. High-profile job, fuckboy, douchebag. Mm-hmm. Hori was the love of her life before they both got into a car accident, and he got, like, some fucked-up head brain trauma. Injury, yeah. And now he consistently... <clears throat> In the book, has seizures. Uh, in both, has horrible memory and yeah. uh, is just a weirdo. They mostly just touched on the fucked up memory aspect yeah. of it. There was no physical debilitation, I guess, from that. Right. At least depicted in the movie. But I didn't want to say yeah. Timothy Oliphant is a fucking boss, and I always love any movie that he's yeah. in. He's fucking hilarious most of the time. Shit, he had like a four episode arc in The Office. And he was fantastic <laughs> in it. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Santa Clarita Diet. The, the name of his character in The Office is escaping me. Nope, Danny Cordray. There we go. <laughs> I don't Thank remember. you the, like, probably 30 times I've seen The Office. Timmy Oliphant. At least it's not Timothy. Timothy Chameleon. What about Debrickashaw Ferguson? <laughs> Blood Dash. Hey, hey Ron. D-Nice. <laughs> Jaquellen. Jaquellen. <laughs> Timothy. Present. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Can't Peel. Weed, 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 weed. Mm. Here we go. No. <laughs> all right, the relationship between Philip and oh. Tracy. So we didn't get to talk about Adam Driver at all. <sighs> well, not very much, at least. He was really good in this, though. He's... A very good actor. Yeah. As, as weird as he looks. <laughs> yeah. You're really off put by that. He's a really good, good actor. I don't like <laughs> saying it, it. You don't like admitting it? <laughs> I feel like he hasn't been around since like Star Wars. I think if he's but in he's the right role. he's apparently been around for a while. I think if he's in the right role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I love him as Don Quixote. I don't necessarily know if Kylo Ren was the right role for him. 
That might be my problem. I don't know if that was actually <laughs> right for him. That's probably my problem. He's not a successor to fucking Darth Vader. Vader. No. Hillerman is just such a bitch-ass character. Like, who wants to play that? Uh, I, I don't know He's if that's... beefy-ass motherfucker, though. <laughs> uh... The relationship between Philip and Tracy. Tracy was, like, at least 20 years older than him. Maybe. She was a... Therapist. Psychotherapist. Yeah, psychologist. Just, just like his mother. Mm-hmm. So he had weird, like, edible shit with that. Yeah. And he was, like, dating her to try to grow up, which mm-hmm. was not working for him. No. No. And the gr- Tracy was, like, such a great character. She was... Yeah. So genuine. And he just went and, like, cheated on her with, like, that Chelsea bitch. It, in yeah. the movie, it's not really proven that he did, but he's, like, sneaking around and shit and, yeah. like... Acting yeah. like he's doing some shady ass shit, but he did. Yeah, he's cheating yeah, on her. In the movie, it was not definitively on screen, but like pretty obvious. Seeing them, yeah, he was flirting with in her in the act, and but then... yeah, it was it was. I mean, pretty obvious. <laughs> the way he was talking to them when they first met in the movie was enough for me to consider it like, yeah, you need to distance yourself from this person. That's too yeah. much. Yeah. If you're in a relationship, don't do that shit. Ditching Judd, parking out in front of whatever store that she worked at, telling himself, nah, don't go in, don't go in, and then fuck it, he went in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty damn obvious. The relationship between Paul and Annie, apparently they have a strong love, but Paul's shooting blanks, and they're both trying to fuck the entire time. It's caught on the goddamn uh, (laughs) baby monitor. monitor. And she is very vocal. Yeah. <laughs> it's Catherine Hahn. Oh, yeah. Thank you for, for that, that casting choice there of Catherine Hahn, because that yeah. was She's hilarious. That was on point for what was written. Yeah, she's fucking funny. Oh, man. She's not uncommon to oh, man. Apparently, it's a deleted scene that they actually went through with the way it went in the book, and her and Judd had sex. Oh. And there was like 60 seconds there that was cut out because oh, yeah, I do. and redone. Yeah. That's what they were saying. They said that in the I commentary. I haven't yeah. seen the deleted scene. I'm interested to see that, but audiences wanted to relate to Judd, and that completely like derailed yeah. their like love for him because that makes sense. That character wouldn't morally do that. Yeah. When you're reading the book, it's like a sympathy. At that point, yeah. he doesn't really want to do this, but she's, like, really forcing herself. Forcing on. herself, yeah. yeah. But I don't know how they could perfectly convey that on screen without making it really disturbingly, like, graphic. <laughs> it would have to be played as comedy, and then all the blame would go on Judd at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and that was counterproductive to what the movie was actually doing at that right. point. So. So they made the right move. Apparently, Paul and Annie are doing just fine. They're doing their thing. In the book, I don't know if she got pregnant with Judd's child. God. (laughs) But it's kind of fucked up. Rabbi Charles Grodner. Boner? Boner. Boner. Or uh, what's the actor? Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. 
Foner Schwartz. I love that guy. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. You said discount Andrew Garfield, yeah. which is so fucked up. Andrew Garfield's already not very good looking. Oh. I mean, I guess he's some people's type. Some I... people are going to get angry at me for saying that he's like not very good looking. Because have... he was a Spider-Man at some point and everybody's like... I have okay, not but seen a wide variety of stuff from Andrew Garfield, to be fair. But Ben Schwartz is way the fuck funnier than he is. Uh, boner. Eh. We got into it. Oh, Ben Schwartz. Ben anyway. Schwartz. He's a dude. He's very funny and very good in his part in this movie. Yes. <laughs> he wears a yarmulke. He gets called Boner and doesn't like it. And he gets slapped <laughs> in the balls all the time. Yep. yep. <laughs> Adam Driver is obsessed with his balls. Okay. Apparently. There's one more note that I wrote <laughs> down, which was Paul and Judd's backstory. Apparently, Judd was at a party... And everybody was getting pushed around like it was a fucking mosh pit. And he got pushed into some bully character. And this bully kicked him in the nuts and laid him out. Mm. It went into detail about how getting kicked in the nuts feels. Mm. Which if anybody doesn't know, if anybody doesn't have balls listening to this podcast, go listen to, well, I mean, it's a big ask. But listen to the book where Judd gets kicked in the balls in This Is Where I Leave You. It's a perfect explanation of how horrific it is of getting kicked in the balls. He says, it's not an immediate reaction. You get kicked in the balls and you think for a split second, maybe he missed. Maybe there's not an immense amount of pain coming very soon. Mm -mm. And Mm -mm. then it starts gathering in your testicles up into your fucking liver your Uh kidneys your stomach straight up to like you drop to your knees straight up to the uvula you have no more eventually function in your limbs Uh you feel like throwing up and Uh crying at the same time you might shit yourself but also like somehow still can't breathe yeah why are balls on the outside of your body i don't understand that because it makes no if, sense. Because if they get too hot, it kills the sperm. Yeah. The it's balls are always in a different position outside of your body. It might come closer to warm it up or go further away to cool down. Your balls are consistently trying to, mm-hmm. or your testicles are consistently trying to keep the sperm in an uh, optimal living state. temperature. Yeah, biology. <laughs> <laughs> After Judd gets kicked in the balls, he goes back home, or like Paul picks him up somewhere and... He's like crying in Paul's car, and Paul's like, I mean, he's the older brother, and he's like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this motherfucker. Yeah. He takes Judd back to this trailer park where this motherfucker lives. He beats the living shit out of him. He breaks out his two front teeth. He's like coughing up blood. Uh, he's on the ground, and he Fuck. tries. Well, Judd and Paul are both over his body, and all of his friends are like around, but they don't really want to intervene. The bully tries to kick at them, and. Paul grabs his leg and, like, splits him apart, and he's like, kick him in the balls. Oh. We'll leave as as soon as you kick him in the balls. And Judd did not want to do it. And mm. then this bully's mom came out of the house, and she has a fucking Rottweiler that she's holding on to the... Collar. Uh, the collar of it. And this thing is fucking pissed. And it just needs to be let go, and it's going to go into fucking... Somebody's Frenzy throat. Cujo phase. Yeah. She's like, what the hell is going on down here? And 
Judd's like, we just need to get the fuck out of here. There's a dog now. And then they both start running. And then she just says, go get him and lets the dog go, which is a fucking felony. You yep. can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't let your dog loose knowing that it's going to aggressively attack yeah, someone. With, with malicious intent. Yeah. Unless it's to defend yourself or something. They that, were running. That <laughs> scenario was not defense. <laughs> That was madness. Uh, so they get back to the car. Oh. Judd jumps on top of the car. Paul jumps through the window. And the dog follows Paul through the window. Oh, and apparently he got so fucked up, he got his like entire left shoulder ripped out. Or right shoulder. Something like that. Oh, he had to have, shit. Even into the age that he was in the movie, in the books, still consistently had to have surgeries on his shoulder Skin grafts, nerve grafts, oh. into his late 30s. Jesus. Because of how fucked up he got by this Rottweiler. Wow. Yeah. The person who eventually took the dog out by its hind legs was the bully. He, like, pulled him out and he said, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. And then That's they what off. they were trying to do. <laughs> if Judd would have just gotten into the car maybe they could have escaped or he would have yeah. gotten attacked instead or you know there's a bunch of different circumstances but once the dog is loose it's there's a lot more possibilities that could happen yeah dog is not something you can predict yeah it's true of what the fuck it's going to do yeah. it usually has a target and most of the time, it'll, it's going to get it. <laughs> and most of the time, that target is whatever is closest to it. If it's, like, ultra-aggressive like that, in that and that, that mode. And that went down in the book as one of <sighs> Judd's main Damn. regrets that he didn't do anything. He was screaming for help when he was hearing his brother just beneath him in the car getting mauled get by a dog. fucking ripped apart. Jesus. That he couldn't do anything about it. I mean, I would have fucking gone in there and fucking snapped the dog's neck or this something. This is why I carry a fucking pocket knife on me all the time. Well, in the book, the dog's put down two weeks later after that. So, obviously, because uh, okay. nobody is going to fess up for it. The brothers were already in the wrong, so it was put down. If a dog attacks... And not attempted if a dog murder. Attacks, if yeah. a dog attacks any human, it's... It, a rabies it, situation. And it's reported they're expected to be put down. Good God. Yeah. No matter what. No matter if they... It, no, well, they, they get rabies tested for rabies anyway, but... Yeah. But it's... The dog is put down. Your dog can't be attacking people. Yeah. No. Teach your dogs not to fucking attack people. Train your fucking dogs, yeah. people. For God's sake, don't, don't train them to be violently aggressive. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about as much as I want to talk about this movie. Somehow turned into a pretty nice, deep conversation, possibly a therapy session, and I really appreciate it. I also really like the movie. I really like the book. Yeah. I would suggest both to you, and not just one or the other, because they both have a lot to offer. The movie is so funny, has so much heart. You see, like, some of the best performances I've seen some from some of those actors. Uh, Tina Fey is just absolutely amazing in the movie. Yeah. Holy shit. I haven't seen her cry like that. I haven't seen her, like, in such a dramatic role before. 
But I, I don't know. I haven't seen everything she's been in. And she's probably been in something like that before. Mm. But this was a complete obscurity to my brain yeah. before I looked into Sean Levy's movies. I had yeah. no idea this movie was a thing. Yeah. And, I remember it coming out, but I don't... I know I didn't watch it. Yeah. yeah. When it released. The the cast is fucking Amazing. incredible. Well, yeah. Honestly, I was on the fence because almost every time you have a movie that has like that has such that kind a of cast, yeah, cast, it's like it's the movie's be lame. crap because like they don't. Yeah, there's very little character development, and it's just like each it's, character it's just is a, just they're they're like cast because of their name. Level yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, there's no depth to it. But this was actually really. really this good. was really good. Really yeah. Good. I can't say that enough about this movie. And the soundtrack is pretty fucking baller, too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing... A l- Alexi Murdoch? Some some comment in there, too, where it was a, some Giacchino track. Giacchino? Michael Giacchino? Giacchino? Oh, yeah. 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 Like his, his initial prominent fucking soundtrack was The Incredibles. Mm. Yeah. Which... Oh, one of my favorite movie fucking soundtracks. Oh, they got the movie... Uh, Holy shit. ...scored by the guy because he wasn't interested at first, and Sean Levy had to keep pushing it for him to just watch the movie that yeah. they had finished at that point and just watch it, and if he huh. still doesn't want to score it, then cool. that's totally fine. It. And then he watched, and he was like, yeah. Yeah. And then it got it scored by him. Fantastic. That, that's yeah. always kind of baffled me, though, when you think about they make a movie and how directly the music hits when you watch it. But it when but when it's being it. recorded, the, yeah. that music is not there. Like, that has nothing to yep. do with it. It's like the... Which is definitely a testament to the actors. Yeah. For them uh, to, it's a testament to the composer yeah. for the, the yeah. soundtrack, too. Also, both. fair, very good point. To yeah. hit... They hit the same kind of feeling yeah. in the movie. To pull the right emotion and convey mm-hmm. the right feelings, yeah. This movie had a lot of talent behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all it around. really shows. If nothing else, watch the movie. And if you get a chance, read the book, listen to the audiobook. It's also very strong. This movie opened third in the box office on the weekend of September 19th, 2014, behind... The Maze Runner and A Walk Among the Tombstones. What do you think the budget was? Uh, it's hard. It's all these freaking actors. <laughs> but he, I remember in the commentary he did mention it being a low budget. Film. God damn it. <laughs> and they said they shot it in what, like 32, 33 days, something like that. So it was a- I got to listen to the commentary without you guys pressing. It was a quick shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good. You're, you're right cheating. Here. You're cheating. I'm not guessing the budget. I already know it. I wrote all this shit down. I'm the one that writes the notes, so <laughs> you guys guess. But now you have way too much information. Uh, not it's really. So hard to, not really. It's so hard to pick a budget. I'm going to guess like $30 million. My first instinct may have been kind of low-balled. I was going to say like 14 But realistically, I feel like it's probably closer to 20 maybe 25 uh, Which one you going let's go the average in between. I'll say 19. Rough Nin- average. 19 mil? Yeah. And you said 30? Is it higher? It's 19,800,000. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just under 20 mil. All right. 
I will I will take that as probably the best guess I'm ever going to have through this. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a lot of movies. Man, I don't know. Within a million? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, you were within the million. The 19 million. That's price is right pretty that impressive. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> In support Damn, of kidding. Laura's answer, <laughs> it really it. looks like... At the very least, it like a thirty million great. Yeah. Yeah, it dollar looks movie. Great with the. I, I based, I guess, the like based. How on big was the cast at that time? Everyone that 2014. was in it. Uh, I knew Jason Bateman was pretty big. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda is yeah. huge. Yeah. Connie Britton's pretty big. So is uh, Catherine Hahn. Tina Fey. Tina Fey was Tina Fey. Tina Fey was big at the time. still pretty. She was like Pretty at the top of her Saturday Night Live. Rose Byrne. Just after that, it Rose was, Byrne is huge. Uh, Dak Shepard is pretty big. I yeah. want to say that was closer to around when uh, Thirty Rock was ending, or so maybe Tina Fey would have been maybe still was, pretty big. That's Tina yeah. Fey would have been Tina big. Fey. big time. Thirty Thirty Rock was definitely very big for her. With all those names. And the studio that was obviously very interested in it because they wanted to make this book. The book came out in 2009. This movie came out five years after that. And they were trying to get it made since the fucking book came out. It was a huge hit. Yeah. That's still a pretty good timeline, though. Following it is a, a book good, release. Yeah. For after a book came out, yes, yeah. that's very good. For the most part, I think casting was perfect, too. <laughs> Tina Fey for Wendy was better than she was in the book. Yeah. That was a way better casting. I think Judd was a little off, but just because I don't think that Jason Bateman fulfilled the emotions that he really felt in the book. That's just because you follow him for fucking 10 hours yeah. listening to his narration. Um, I think Paul was perfect. Even Adam Driver, in the book, he was like a almost celebrity model-looking uh, dude, which... That's a slight stretch. <laughs> but very charismatic, which Adam Driver was in this. Yes. And um, very immature, which he was also. Very much so. The budget was nearly $20 million. The opening weekend was 11558000 That's good. Domestic box office went on to get 34296000 And the international box office was... Estimated seven million. Uh, worldwide box office yeah. ends up being forty-one million two hundred ninety-five thousand. Whatever. Not bad. Over twice the budget. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it doesn't deserve a sequel or anything, but the domestic nah. Blu-ray and DVD sales because we have those numbers now, and I love those. I'm part of them. Is five million <laughs> and twenty-three thousand nine hundred ninety-two. So pretty much oh, five shit, million yeah. and twenty-four thousand. Not bad. Yeah. That's a good amount of Blu-rays and DVDs. Sold. Quarter of the budget just in Blu-ray DVD sales. Yep. Nice. So they, they earned a decent Did budget. pretty well. And whatever they get from streaming, nobody knows. Because it's all unreported. Because that's not real money. It's crypto. <laughs> it's crypto? <laughs> yes. It's all online. Yes. Let's get through some trivia and then we can figure out what um, we'll be, we're watching next week and we can finish this up. So even though Corey Stoll plays the oldest Altman sibling, he is actually younger than Jason Bateman and Tina Fey in real life. <laughs> huh. Sucks to be bald that young. 
God. Pork. Damn. <laughs> I'm feeling woozy ass. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> Sometimes Laura even means well, and she still fucking hurts you goddamn <laughs> self to the core. Still got them fucking sick nasties. <laughs> sick nasty ass burns. I don't know, uh, I just thought that was pretty obvious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make anybody less self-conscious about the hairline. Oh, he says man. after he fluffs his own hair. Okay. Eventually Ooh. I'll lose mine, too. Ooh. Got my grandpa's hairline. I'll lose my hair eventually, too. Man, I, I've got like a 50-50 shot of it staying roughly the same as it is now and progressing very slowly to recede or it's going to be gone in like five years. Completely gone in five years. <laughs> I'd be really surprised if it was gone in five years. you got a strong ass hairline. I've got a 50-50 shot. <laughs> we'll see. Just based on genetics. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. The plot concerns a family sitting Shiva, which is the Jewish ritual of mourning after a loved one dies. Mm -hmm. During that time, the relatives of the deceased, his or her parents, children, siblings, and spouse gather daily at one house and receive visitors who offer condolences and often food. The mirrors are covered and mourners sit on low chairs and periodically participate in the recitation of specific prayers and remembrance. Tradition stipulates that condolences, uh, condolence visitors should allow mourners to speak first so that the visitors do not say something inadvertently inappropriate to the bereaved. The Hebrew word Shiva means, literally means seven, the number of days the observance last lasts. <laughs> I think that was mostly covered in the movie, but yeah. the rest of it was covered in the book as well. Yeah. The mirrors are covered up because that at the know. time of grievance, you are <coughs> supposed to take all of your concern and put it towards grieving the dead one and take no time for vanity, anything like okay. that. Okay. Okay. You should completely grieve. When the movie was going to be directed by Adam Shankman. Shankman? I've heard his name before. Yeah. I think he's worked with. I have two. I think he's worked with Adam Sandler before. Adam Shankman. Zach Efron, Malin Ackerman, Leslie Mann, Jason Sudeikis, and Goldie Hawn were cast in the lead roles alongside Jason Bateman. That wouldn't have been bad. It's pretty good casting. Anything other than the casting that I already had. I think is not going to be the greatest. I think they did the best. And they said alongside Jason Bateman, I think the only one I would replace was Jason Bateman. Because I don't think he played the emotional part enough. But the emotional part was in his head. Yeah, well, you're supposed to I will show it in listen. fucking private. I will listen to the book and see if I disagree with you. Oh, you will? We'll see. You've never listened to the audiobooks before. Well, I'll... Consider listening to some of this. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, the, the reason I I focus on that is because that was one of the main arguments with the Twilight movie. Who would Zac Efron play? Probably Philip. God damn it. Right? Who else would he play? He's not going to play Paul. He'd be a good Paul. Philip, too. He would. Yeah, he would. Yeah. God damn. He and he'd be convincing because he's actually really charismatic and good looking. And good looking, yes. Yeah. Okay. So... 
But the reason I focus on that is because the the thing that everyone brought up uh, with Adam the Adam Driver was really good in that. He was really good. I'm not saying part. It. Adam Driver's a good actor. Of course. Yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm saying that would be a good casting too, though. I think I'm just trying to convince myself at this point. I think most people know that Adam Driver's a good. I think if yeah. you just take Adam Driver's not Kylo Ren, Seth. If if you take if you head. take Kylo Ren out of the equation, <laughs> yes. then I think you'll yeah. be okay mentally. Yeah. <laughs> In the novel, the Morning family's surname is Foxman. The name was changed to Altman after difficulties in attaining legal clearances to use the name. Really? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe not. Entire. Maybe there's some other family Foxman? that had it and didn't <coughs> want their name attached to it. No. Altman seems like a more common name than Foxman. Yeah, I've heard Altman before. Oh no, you. You got me off track. So All right. wait, wait, the, wait, you ready for this? Wait. No, let me, let me. The whole thing you're you're focused on, Judd, like not being emotional enough. The whole thing that people complained about with Twilight immensely was Kristen Stewart, her character, so meh, 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 and she has no emotions or whatever. But the thing is, you read the fucking book. Everything that you hear and all the stuff that's going through her head, it's in her head. The way that she is perceived by everyone else is exactly how Kristen Stewart was in the movies. She was the perfect Bella. Dead on. Exactly the way that she should have been. You're so, really, you're I'm really saying... You're about to compare this is where I leave I'm not, but I'm saying when you read a movie, when you read a book That's and you watch it... you were going. You watch <laughs> it get turned into a movie, you can't be so hellbent on... The character like being exactly what you. I know, I know. You know, but but I'm just saying, think about it from the perspective of everyone else. Okay. Was his character so far off? You you can still from how he would have been perceived by other people. If you were to read the book or listen to the audiobook prior to performing in that actor's role, you would understand. What that act, what that character is going through at the time, you would understand it better. You he, would know how to act. And Jason Bateman really was just Jason Bateman in like a depressing role because his he, beard was unshaven. He was still just as quippy and sarcastic as normal. He was just a little bit more self-deprecating and a little bit more drab. And that's about it. Okay, he, so now you hate Jason Bateman. No, I don't hate Jason Bateman. I like Jason Bateman. <laughs> I said already I like Jason Bateman. I just don't know if he was perfect for the role because, I mean, he could have been if he understood uh, the role. I, I just think felt there that... was so much more emotion put into, now obviously put into the book. Sure. Obviously there would be. But and I think I get that, that. He, he played the character that was written for him for the, the movie that was screen written for him. yeah so uh, because yeah. it was obviously summarized and he didn't read the book he read the screenplay you don't know that if he read the book he would have acted differently would he i think he was getting paid to do a job and so he like did what they wanted him to for the movie <sighs> i don't i don't know if there's ever going to be a Definitive answer on that one because yeah. we're not Jason Bateman. <laughs> we are not inside the Jason Bateman brains. <laughs> we're not inside Jason Bateman. Also, that. <laughs> um, I get it. 
Yeah. I, I can... You, I understand I, both arguments. Yes, I can separate a book yeah. from a movie. Yes. I understand that. I understand you're not going to get ten hours into two hours. Yeah. For what they did with the movie, I have already said they exceedingly passed my expectations. They were very... It was very well done. It was way funnier than the book was, in my opinion. And it had a ton of heart... And in the end, ended happily. The asshole was not a part of his ex-wife's life anymore. He's going to raise a child. And he's going to be with the girl that he ultimately loved more at that point. Mm -hmm. He found new love in an old flame. And he made condolences with, you know, his ex-wife who he ultimately fucking hated. Yeah. You know, obviously you would when you find them fucking fucking in your bed fucking 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 in your bed <laughs> fucking fuckers fucking fucking flabby doughy man ass fucking fucking in your bed if i saw dax shepherd <laughs> fucking my girlfriend in my bed i would lose my shit as well and i would shove a totally birthday cake with lit candles up his ass and light nice. his junk on fire and I wouldn't care that my girlfriend's nose was broken in the process. Pyro penis. <laughs> that shit lit up like a Roman candle. He had seemingly he had plenty of doughy man ass. It was only in the beginning. You're really yeah. stuck on the man ass in a lot of uh, man. It's just it, there's too you much like man ass <laughs> in most movies. There's too much because that's more acceptable uh, than showing. Anything on a woman. Well, be happy it didn't anything have what I just described in the movie. It's more widely accepted. It because is because apparently in the book, when he <sighs> was getting a cake shoved up, it shoved up his ass. He was close to ejaculation, and after he was burning, he oh, no. said he oh, was no shooting fireworks. <laughs> he was shooting baked semen into the oh, air. Oh, fireworks! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. See, it's bad. It said baked. (laughs) Like it was just fucking streams of cooked dough going through the air. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Oh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. And with the fucking visual mind that I have. (laughs) There you go. Damn it. Like sparklers. I'm sad to inform you that probably in the future we will be watching man- more man-ass. Why? <laughs> because it's a consistent thing in movies, because it's allowed to be shown in R-rated movies, along with any other ass. And I promise you, if we're watching Robert Eggers' movies next month, we are certainly going to see a little bit of that in one of the movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's not Dak Shepard, though. If I have to. Which one is it? Willem Dafoe? Oh! Oh, why? Why? Why would that be the one? Why? Nah. You just wait until you see the movie. No. (laughs) No. It's way crazier than that. Oh, come on. Are you going to get mad again? About how it's shot, huh? About how it's shot, because it's like the framing. Oh yeah, I'll get mad about that for sure. <laughs> Nobody should shoot shit in fucking four by three at this point. I'll get it out right now. 
fuck you if you have your movie in four by three and black and white in fuck modern you. times. Eat my fucking greasy ass. Greasy ass. <laughs> Why is it greasy? Because it's greasy. <laughs> because I sat in a fucking deep fryer mm. so that you could enjoy my greasy ass. Dipped in butter. <laughs> Not beef tallow? Be- also, maybe beef tallow. <laughs> <laughs> and also schmaltz. That's for the Jewish audience. <laughs> Appropriate for the episode. Let me get through this. Okay. Let me get through this. It's not our longest one uh, right now. It's still not our longest. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Zoe Saldana, Amy oh. Adams, Isla Fisher, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Catherine Hahn, and Ari Grainer were Ari. considered for the lead female roles. Han was cast in a supporting role as Paul's wife, Annie. All of them. The beautiful car parked outside the hospital is a Jaguar E-Type Coupe. Considered one of the most desirable classic cars in history. And they tipped that bitch over. That's exactly why I said when we watched it the first time, I hope that was a reproduction. Because they they said they removed the engine and tipped it over. So it was easier. (sighs) Okay, but still, hopefully that was like... A reproduction of the original, because if that was an original E Type, I think it, I think it was. Well, they there, did. They there, bought what they could with the budget they had. Okay, so, so maybe I don't know. Pieced it together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was. Okay. I don't know. I don't. Have there was that quite much a bit of rust <sighs> on the undercarriage, so I don't think that was a new car. Uh, Might not have even run. Yeah, they could have just given it. a coat of paint to make it look like uh, yeah here's your last trivia piece philip obnoxiously arrives late to the funeral very similarly to how dax shepherd's character does in without a paddle <laughs> in 2004 <laughs> shepherd appears in this film as the radio show host and way fucker <laughs> dax shepherd has always played a piece of shit yeah or a complete fucking imbecile Yes. Yep. I like him better as an imbecile. He's more likable. Yeah. He's yeah, more, that's it's it's also <laughs> more convincing. Yeah. I don't know, because I've actually heard the podcast that he has with Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Yeah. I've heard the podcast he has with her, and he's genuinely like smart. He's a yeah. fucking smart person. He seems like a really nice, yeah. intelligent dude, yeah. But Why did He's getting typecast as either the dimwit or the fucking total asshole. Because you... That's how he looks. It's, you you tend yeah. to play the opposite of yourself yeah. very well. It sucks, but... But he also just I has mean, that it's look. funny. It's, it's, it does work, it's but... Like Jeffrey it's Dean just, Morgan playing Negan. Oh, he's a perfect Negan, though. Yeah, exactly, but he is the exact opposite of that person yeah. in real life. He still has similarities to Negan as a person though how maybe he's like a nice like farmer dude with like kids he, and shit. Well, he's not super nice though he's still pretty like he's a nice person who's not psychotic he's obviously he's but... still not very censored he's pretty unfiltered as a person and yeah he owns a farm and he's a pretty nice person in general when you meet him but Negan is a character that was like him prior to fucking everything going wrong in his life. Yeah. True, yes. But at Negan's worst, I would still say that that is the antithesis of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. 
Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I've seen Jeffrey Dean Morgan in a character that is a lot like uh, his character or very nice. I wasn't even trying to compare it to other characters he's played, just to he was who he is genuinely as a person. One of the most likable characters on Grey's Anatomy. He played a patient and everyone loved him. A single patient, like in an can't episode? Say that. In one episode? No. I, I can't say that I've seen that. He was in several episodes. And he one was of them, a consistent patient? Yeah, because he was pretty sick. And one of, the nurses, one of the nurses fell in love with him. Or the interns. And it was a whole thing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know anything yeah. hardly about Grey's Anatomy. I don't know anything yeah. about it. Except that it's called Grey's Anatomy and it was named after somebody's grandpa, I think. No. Mother. Okay, there you go. See? Don't know much. All right, we're going to figure out what movie we're going to watch next month or next week. What are the options? We have Free Guy. Okay. Night at the Museum. We're probably going to, if we're going to watch Night at the Museum, we'll probably watch all of them because he did all of them. That's too much time. We don't have that. That's That's a lot of commitment, especially in this next week. The Internship, Date Night. Have you seen Internship? Pink Panther. Cheaper by the Dozen and Just Married. Or Big Fat Liar. I don't know. Internship is Owen Wilson and Oh, I think we had, Yeah, I think we talked about this already. And I, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, I believe I have seen it, but only once. What about Date uh, Night? I don't remember much from it. Internship always reminds me of uh, Silicon Valley. <laughs> That's why I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, date, date Night I know I've seen. Date Night TV. I've seen once. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down to watch Date I guess, Night. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, point. I'm thinking I'm leaning <laughs> towards Date Night, but um, I'm fine with that. Just watch one more like lighthearted movie before the weekend or the the fucking month ends. There it is. All right, well that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Next week we're going to be watching Date Night. And it is a fantastic ending to the month because it is so fun. It is not going to be as hard to watch as all the other movies this month. And you will <laughs> probably not cry. Laura um, will probably still cry. But <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was a part that made me <laughs> It has Steve Carell, Tina Fey, a bunch of other people. It's a lot of fun. So many Very other funny. people. I've seen it once. Laura's probably seen it. Several dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I've seen it maybe like two or three. Okay. I've seen it once. We've all seen it before. Yeah. Um, but I'm very interested in revisiting because it was such Same. a fun time. Same. So go watch Date Night on Hulu. I'm sure you can rent it on like Prime or YouTube or fucking Apple. Probably. Anywhere you want to if you feel so inclined. Otherwise, if you own it like I do, you can just watch it. Do it. And uh, come back. And we will talk about it on our next episode. If you want to get uh, in contact with us, you can email us at beandubbedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at uh, Pod <laughs> on both of those. I'm not that active on Twitter, but I am active on Instagram. And in the Life DMs. is busy, okay? Okay? Shit's hard. I can't keep up on fucking social media that much. I mean, that, that's fair. There's this little thing at the end of the description on each one of our podcasts that allows you to leave a message for us. I think you have to have an anchor login 
But if you just make that and then you leave us a voice message, it would be very much very appreciated. Somebody. I know know someone's out there that wants to leave one. All you got to do is click on that link, (laughs) make a quick login. And then leave a voice message. That's all you got to do. Make a burner email account just to do it. Totally just forget about the fucking login that you made for it. (laughs) Just leave one message. Yep. Then all you got to do is just talk right into your phone, say some crazy ass shit, Alex Jones style, and then leave it like it never existed. And then we'll review it on our podcast. Also, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes. Go ahead and do that. I know G Baby left us a fucking awesome raving review yeah. and so did Elder Myth. And some very solid on. Some, some solid suggestions for uh intro names for me, so Yeah. Yeah. So you wanna leave some more intro names for Bruce? Yeah, let's or do it. Just wanna leave a, a raving review. Go ahead and leave that in uh Apple Podcasts. Otherwise you can also give us a rating on Spotify. Unfortunately you can't leave a review, so all of that considered Thank you for listening and peace. Good night. Bad. I feel it was Yes. We we did. We. Why?